your complete betting guide to this weekend's English Premier League action. Please gamble responsibly. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League podcast. Welcome to the Sportsbet.io Premier League preview podcast for another slightly shortened Premier League weekend. There's uh, other things going on in the FA Cup, so that means there's only six Premier League games this weekend. Uh, I am your host, David Eason. Hello. I'm joined by uh, Dave Tindall, betting guru and football commentary guru, John Driscoll. Uh, Dave Tindall, first of all. Hello. Welcome back to the pod. Hello. And um, it's it's a, a shortened weekend. There's other things going on, but the Premier League rumbles on and there's still things to be worked out top and bottom. Yes, things like who's going to come fourth? Um, <laughs> who's going to... What order are the bottom three going to finish in? Or is that a bit harsh? I don't know. Um yeah, I think the fourth place battle is the most interesting this weekend. Spurs are playing, Arsenal are playing, um, Man United, although I did see, I've seen a uh, Opta predicted final leg, lay, label, final league position table, and Tottenham have now gone above 50%. So it's Tottenham who are seen as the most reliable of the unreliables. It would seem that way. Uh, John Driscoll, it would seem to be that the, the North London... Derby duel, and that's that's coming towards us quite quickly. The actual North London derby is is going to be the story of a fourth place, unless those happy hammers can can drag themselves back into place. But they might be concentrating. They may be just tipping over to the point now where, having got to the semi-finals of the Europa League, it's like that's a Champions League place and a trophy. Yeah, and it means Mikhail Antonio hauling his tired body around the, the pitch for 50-odd minutes of a, of a Premier League game, isn't it, every weekend? I, I don't think the Hammers are going to do it now. I think, I think they're too far out of it, and I think, quite rightly, they're, you know, they're, it, it, I know everyone who's concerned about making money and the long-term future of the club wants to get into the Champions League and all of that. If it was me, I'd rather win the Europa League if you gave me a choice, if I was a West Ham fan, because that's there forever, isn't it? You're never going to take that away from me if you win that. So, I mean, it's not a straightforward choice. No one ever comes along and says, right, that's your choice. But, yeah, I, I do. I think it's Arsenal versus Spurs. And I think Spurs. I think the odds are right. I think, you know, I'd go with Spurs just because they're playing better, aren't they? Which, you know, seems a fairly straightforward place to start. Yeah, and West Ham would probably... If they could, just grab a Europa League place at the end of it. If that's what they get out of it, uh, it might just drop down to them. Um, if it didn't happen for them in the in the Europa League, or the uh, 46 years of hurt for Eintracht Frankfurt as they go back to their semi-final back be- even before I was born. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's to come in the Europa League for them. Uh, let's kick off then with the Saturday 12.30 kickoff. It is Tottenham versus Brighton. There's quite a few games this weekend that you look at and you go, well, that's a done deal, isn't it? Um, John Driscoll, Tottenham against Brighton. Is that a done deal? Uh, well, Brighton, a week or two ago, you'd have said done deal, wouldn't it? Because Brighton were playing terribly. But obviously, you know, a little bit of a rally, a little bit of a sting in the tail. They deserve their win against Arsenal. So there is a little bit of hope there. Um, they, How will they play? Will they be suckered in and have a load of possession allow Spurs to hit them on the break? Uh, if If they do that, then I think Spurs should be able to carry on their recent form and score a load of goals. So that's where the hope for Brighton comes from. I think the straightforward answer is that Spurs are playing brilliantly. Kane, Son, Lincoln superbly. Kulosevsky has been a, a terrific addition. Uh, ben Tanker, I think, has been excellent as well and a, a real boost 
to to, to Spurs doesn't figure in in uh, you know in, in your betting market preview because that actually doesn't he's never going to score a goal or rarely going to score a goal. Um, the loss of Doherty, slight blow, but they did all right without him the other day. Shame for him because he was playing so well, you know, and, and sort of rampaging up and down the flanks and stuff. But Regulon's fit, so that's fine. Um, Spurs are playing well. It seems the obvious place to start. Spurs scoring goals, Spurs looking good. And I think probably do okay to push on to, to the end of the season. Yeah, Dave, Spurs are, are scoring goals. They're consistently scoring at least two. That's seven in a row now in the league where they've mm-hmm. scored at least two goals, winning six out of the last seven. They are um, a unit that, that scores goals from all over the pitch now. And Harry Kane's not really scoring many of them. Yeah, Kane and Son, are the, it's the deadliest <clears throat> deadliest double act in Premier League history, isn't it, in terms of setting each other up? <clears throat> and they're doing so once more, which is good because I've got both in my fantasy team. Uh, so I was head of the curve there. So um, that's annoyed some of our rivals. Um on the club Australia. <laughs> uh, I don't look anymore. I, some, I'm really not bothered. Suddenly they've gone very quiet. Um, I've, I've jumped above them, but it's thanks to Kane and Son who just, if they don't score, they assist. That's all good. I mean, Tot- Tottenham at home, they've, they've won, they've got 31 home points. Now, if you look at Man City, they've only got 35. So that's, it's kind of up there, isn't it? With the very best for Tottenham. So they are pretty well, fair, you know, pretty reliable at home. The only the fly in the ointment here is Brighton because Brighton are one of the hardest teams to beat for a home team. Brighton have only lost three games on the road, which is given that they seem to not get any points for a, a, a big chunk of the season and they were just dropping down and losing all the time. Um, to have only lost three times is pretty impressive. So that's with a, a positive goal difference as well on the road. They've a lot of draws, obviously, in there. That's what Brighton do. But, you know, three defeats. I suppose the, the, in what we're seeing at the moment, Spurs look a good bet, don't they? Spurs look so they're absolutely flowing. Um, the, the only nagging doubt is Brighton's away record and the fact that, I don't know, is it almost too good to be true for Spurs? If they were that good, would, would they not? You know, they're, they're not Man City or Liverpool, they're Spurs, so will they throw in a, a sort of weird one at some point? Um, it's sort of a, a well, bit similar of a to, Ar- similar to Arsenal. We spoke about Arsenal last, last time and, mm. and Neil was very much, uh, when Neil Mellor was talking about them, well, they're Arsenal, they're, they'll throw one in at some point. Yeah. And that's what they did at Crystal Palace. And that's why teams who are fighting for fourth are fighting for fourth because they're not yeah. going to put a run of 10 wins together like the top the top two are going to do. So it's almost like because they've had such a good run, it's a bit reverse thinking, isn't it? Are they then, therefore, do we, tr- do we try and predict the stinker or do we wait for the stinker and then oppose back-to-back stinkers kind of thing? Um, so it's that, that, the punter's got to work that one out whether you anticipate it or not. I mean, there were grounds for anticipating against Brighton because Brighton are solid. I can remember, was it Hull? Hull, of, Hull about 10 years ago went and won away at Spurs and Arsenal. Um, so Brighton is maybe a, a similar thing. But I think I read a stat as well. Brighton are actually unbeaten in the capital this season, which is another little... They seem to enjoy their little trips there. So It's not it, far. It's not far, but it's, you know they seem to enjoy their, their little day out. But I'm... I'm kind of going that way, aren't I? I'm kind of thinking Brighton are going to get something here. So 
I might just go for the draw, you know. Well, it's whether you think that Brighton have caused a stinker and they they can double stink the place out. If you, that's a that's a wrong turn of phrase, isn't it? But still, <laughs> if they if they can go to go to Tottenham and do the same thing as they did as they did to Arsenal. They're six Brighton to win this. 4.2 the draw, 1.57 for Spurs. Over two and a half goals is 1.88. Wouldn't necessarily go for that in a Brighton game, but certainly you would in a Tottenham one. So there's there's some ways into this possibly. Those uh, assist markets are on this game as well. So you can have uh, Harry Kane at three. Son is 3.5, which is pretty good. Uh, Kuliszewski is also a favourite at three. Uh, you can uh, top those up as well. How many assists do you think any of these players are going to get? Uh, Tottenham are in good scoring form. John, what do you think? Are they going to are they going to trip up at home to Brighton just when just when it was looking rosy? I'm going to say probably not. If I'm honest, um, I mean four 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 point two for Brighton to get a draw out of it. I'd rather go Brighton draw at that than Brighton to win at six. I think because they are capable of it and they do have this long run of draws um, where they have a lot of possession. I don't know, Spurs are a difficult team to do that against. Funnily enough, Middlesbrough did that in the FA Cup. Played that kind of game and Spurs fell into it and, and almost, almost got becalmed, barely had an attack and ended up letting Middlesbrough play the game and win the game. That's the scenario that Brighton could, could pull off. I don't know, I think, there, I think there was assists. I mean, I know Son doesn't get as many assists as the other two, but 3.5 is not bad for, for him. I know he's more of the goal scorer, but it includes him winning a penalty, doesn't it? I think that, and, and you know, Kane scoring it. So that, that's a possibility. I like that front three. They're in brilliant form. Um, I, I sort of think that's the way to go. Yeah, Son is the, he's actually the top of the goal scoring market. He's shorter than Kane. He's at two anytime. Uh, Kane is 2.08 anytime. Uh, Kuliszewski, 3.25 anytime. Neil Mopai is 3.75. For a goal any time. Okay, so John's going to say just Tottenham win this. And if they do win it, it are they going to score goals as, as they have done? Or do you think Brighton, Brighton might just stymie them a little bit? John? Uh, so I, I reckon, yeah, Spurs with a couple of goals, I, I think. I, we haven't, you're right, you know, we we haven't seen Brighton. I don't think we've seen Brighton ripped to shreds, have we? Can't One's not coming to mind. So couple, Spurs by a couple. Maybe maybe going that way, you know. What I'm saying here is a solid Spurs win, which might go against every instinct in your in in your body. But uh, that that's what I'm saying. Tottenham and over two and a half goals is two point three three. Dave, you thinking maybe just Brighton get this? The 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 double chance is it's not exactly helping. Oh, mind you, actually two point two eight for them to get something. Yeah, it's it's you know you don't you don't have to have your main bet on the match market, do you? So. If I did, I'd, I'd probably go for the draw. I think there's a bit of value in that um, number of draws. Brighton have the, the negative for that is Spurs don't do draws at home. They either win or they lose. They've only had one home draw this season. Um, I, I like the the Harry Kane to score price. He scored in his last three games against Brighton, so they're one of his teams. I think it's a two point zero eight for a Harry Kane goal. Um, I think, I'm, uh, although recent evidence suggests otherwise, and I. I'm surprised that he is short, he is longer in the market than Son to score, given Kane has the benefit of penalties as well. So I think Kane, Kane to get a goal, that would be probably my best bet of the game, but I don't necessarily think it will be enough to get Spurs over the line. So Kane to score the main bet, but a little bit on the draw as well. OK, that's Tottenham versus Brighton. 
at the 12.30 kickoff in the Premier League. Um, and as we are recording this uh, ahead of the weekend, we, we can give ourselves some breaking news during this, which I don't know if any of you have just noticed. Uh, Sean Dyche has been sacked by Burnley. Uh, so uh, put that into your, uh, we'll talk about Burnley away at uh, West Ham on Sunday uh, soon, um, but uh, that'll go into your figuring, I imagine. Uh, so uh, <laughs> get your thinking caps on for that one uh, as we break news to each other live on a recorded podcast. That's the future, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so the three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday then, we'll concentrate on what looks like the one, again, a couple of these games might look the kind of, even Manchester United could beat Norwich with Possibly, we think. Um, Southampton against Arsenal, that's an interesting one we'll come on to thinking about uh, the race for the top four and see if Southampton can... We were just desperate for them to get to nine again, weren't we? Um, but what, we'll start with Watford versus Brentford. Uh, way down the bottom for Watford. This this is last chance saloon again and again and again. Um, but the prices here are slightly tighter than the, the other games that we're looking at. Um, with Watford at 2.9, Brentford 2.5, so favourites to win this on an extreme run of form, 3.33 the draw, over 2.5 goals is 2.1, under 2.5 is 1.73. Dave Tindall, do Brentford just go to Watford where they're not great at home, they haven't changed any kind of, they haven't changed the scores, the results are still poor and under Roy Hodgson at home, Brentford are on this just steamrollering teams, They're, they're just winning games and getting themselves not just safe, but nicely mid-table. Yeah, they are. They were the classic, uh, oh, if anyone's going to be pulled back into it, it's going to be Brentford, and it just didn't happen. They've gone the other way. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the problem for Watford is, I think they brought Roy Hodgson in. Hopefully, he would be savvy enough tactically to, to nick a few points on the road, and he's done that, to be fair. Got the draw at Old Trafford. Uh, they actually gave Liverpool a good game at Anfield as well, to be fair. Um, but I think that was meant to be part of an overall strategy of you, you would build that on top of wins at home. Well, those wins at home just haven't arrived at all. They haven't even got a point under Hodgson um, at Vicarage Road. So uh, it's not looking good, isn't it? And, and they run into a Brentford side full of confidence. Christian Eriksen's obviously made a big difference to the camp. Ivan Tony. Um, he scored I think something like is it eight goals in his last eight Premier League games he's really on fire on fire yeah. having had a sticky patch so they've got players who can score goals at Brentford the, the, the only other thing as, as you, it's it's the same argument with we had with Tottenham isn't it is it that Brentford because they're Brentford do they then just keep winning do they suddenly throw one in, as it were. But you need two to tango for that kind of scenario. And Watford, are they the team that will stop them? It's hard to think that they will. So, yeah, I'm inclined to think Brentford can keep it going and get another win. 36 points now, Brentford. Um, John Driscoll, uh, they, they, can, they can get themselves safe with this. A, a win, 39 points, and, and that's it. Not that they're not... Pretty much safe now, looking at how dreadful the teams are down in the bottom three. I think they they are safe, aren't they? I guess I think it's the the, the, whole, the whole. We like to tell ourselves there are no bad teams in the Premier League, but uh, the league table tells you a different story, isn't it? When you look at it, and, and last season as well, you know the relegation battle fizzled out, and there's a real danger of it happening again, isn't there? Because Watford just don't get going, do they? You, you know, you talk about 
the, uh, the state of uh, stale, your stale fantasy league team. I've still got Emmanuel Dennis in mind, which shows um, that I, you know I need to I need to have a look at it um, because the guy hasn't looked like scoring a goal in two months from being red hot uh, at one point. Um, obviously, they've been going with Cucho. Cucho's got a, an injury problem, hasn't he? So. Um, that's a pro- that's a, an issue for them. Um, Saad hasn't looked like scoring a goal. The, you know the the guys who looked at least like they were entertaining under Ranieri. It seems to have lost that now uh, under Roy Hodgson, and it, it just doesn't seem to have had time to get the solid defensive organisation going that they would have wanted. That the whole point of him going in there was. Oh, disappointing, keep missing opportunities, don't they? It's, it, this is the stage of the season where you think, or oh, that's the decisive game, this is the big game. And then never quite happens that way, does it? And you sort of get to the end of it, right? And it sort of fizzled into a fizzled into a situation. I think that's where we're going with Watford. Um, so I mean, but then Brentford are playing so well. They've been since Ericsson's been in, they have been so much better, haven't they? Uh, Ivan Tony. I think it's nine in nine, if you include the FA Cup game as well, isn't there, isn't it? So, you know, brilliant form. Yeah, maybe, maybe him gives it because he's perfect penalty taker, the world's best penalty taker, as Thomas Frank calls him. And with some justification, I think it's something like 17 out of 17 since he signed for, for Brentford, which seems an incredible number of penalties for, you know, given that they're not Manchester United or Real Madrid for them to be getting that many penalties. So um, I think I'm erring on the side of Brentford away from home, which seems an incredible thing to say, doesn't it? But I don't know, Watford just don't inspire me. Yeah, the two the 2.5 is there. Uh, over two and a half goals is, is 2.1. Uh, you can have Brentford and over two and a half goals if you think they're going to just continue to, to score goals as they have been at a pace these last five, six games. Uh, that's four for Brentford and over two and a half goals in the game. Dave, can you see Watford scoring in this? I mean, they, they, they just... They don't inspire you to anything, do they? No, it's it's almost. Um, I'd I'd be more keen on Watford if the game was away from home. I think at home it's just fairly dire. I mean, when Hodgson was in charge of Palace, nothing really happened in those games at Sellers Park. Um, you know, you looked about thirty games into the season, Palace would have scored like ten and conceded ten. It was just why why even bother going? Um, but yeah, um, it's. Their front men, I mean, it is a, a slightly, in some ways, similar Kane and Son thing, isn't it? That They've got Tony scoring a load of goals. They've got Brian and Buemo, who's got four assists in his last three games. So they've, they've got the they've got the strikers um, or the front players to to make the difference here. Watford just haven't. He's just like, where's, where's the Watford goal come from? Um, and when you add that to the fact that Watford just don't keep clean sheets... I think they've got three this season, three clean sheets, um, 12 home defeats this season. Watford don't score. They lose at home a lot. It doesn't look good for them, does it? And Brentford are, are the sort of team who can, are on a bit of a, one of these late season, oh, we can just enjoy ourselves now, runs. We, sort of Newcastle did it last season. We've seen other teams do it, where they, they can just kind of free wheel their way home. Uh, so I think, yeah, all, all routes point to Brentford for me. And you mentioned Brandon Bremo might be the price there. That uh, there's an assist from Bremo at five. Mm. Uh, in fact, all of them are off five. Ericsson, Saar, Dennis, Tony, and Brandon Bremo. If you're going for a Brentford assists, there might be money to be made with Ericsson and uh, and Bremo. So um, 
That's uh, that's the maybe the way in for Watford against Brentford. Maybe just to go for Brentford and Brentford to score more goals. That's Watford against Brentford, one of the three o'clocks on Saturday. We'll quickly look at the other two. Um, I say quickly in in a way that is there anything for Norwich at Manchester United? John Driscoll. Oh, I mean Manchester United is such a shambles. Then yeah, potentially. Um, a, a mate of mine is an Everton fan, and he and he was all doom and gloom after they lost to Burnley. And I said, well, don't worry, you got Man United next. You know, they're a ludicrous team, Manchester United, that just don't deliver on any kind of consistent basis. That said, uh, the whole pattern of Manchester United in recent years, whenever Oli was about to get sacked, they would turn in a result, wouldn't they? And, and so they're probably due one now, aren't they? Uh, having had a, you know, a few bad games in a row. Um, everything says Manchester United should win this game. No matter what combination, no matter who's miserable, no matter who's coming in, they should win this game, shouldn't they, Manchester United? But don't well, you know? Bet responsibly. <laughs> you know, don't, don't go put your mortgage on Man United in in this current iteration because it's just stressful, isn't it? It is. It is. It must be stressful being a Manchester United <laughs> fan. I mean, I, I do not care for these people, but still, um, <laughs> it's a different thing. Of course, I care, dear listener. Of course, I care. You wish them well, you know. But... I, I wish them well in, in, all, in, in all that they all that they do. One point two six United. Norwich are eleven. Six point three three. The draw. Um, and I watched Norwich. Norwich against Burnley. Um, now in Sean Dyche's final game for Burnley, um, which was was a shambles from Burnley. I mean, they've been poor, but. The second half performance there was just a complete lack of any kind of structure. Norwich just did what they needed to do. Um, and if they could have done that maybe 10, 15 times more this season, that would have been fine for them. But uh, even Norwich could pick off Burnley. But Norwich have been, oh, they are the worst of the worst, aren't they, Dave? They're attractive to watch in a way in that they're not a shambles. They just lose a lot of games. Yeah, I mean. Which kind of means they're a shambles. <laughs> I think a lot of people by this stage would have thought, it, you know, it was mathematically impossible uh, for Norwich to still be up and they've been needing snookers and there's no way that they could still be in it. But they kind of are. Every time it looks hopeless, they might just pluck a win out. Um, but yeah, Man United, there's a, there's a good stat here, which the last four times Man United have played a team bottom of the table, Man United have lost two of them and drawn one. So this is a classic case of can United be bothered? Um, and when they have that take their ball off the take their eye off the ball attitude, they can get hurt. Um, I don't know. And then they've got obviously Man United's next game after this is Liverpool. So will there be will their sort of fancy Dan players be thinking ahead to that one and then just can't be bothered with this one? I don't know. What I, what I do think is that. I, I just can't see a Man United stroll to a 4 0 win. I think it might be a real sort of, oh dear, what are we watching here for their fans? And they might just fall over the line, maybe by a single goal, maybe 2 1, something like that. In, I mean, the, the, they beat Norwich at Carrow Road 1 0 earlier in the season with Ronaldo getting the only goal. I could almost see something similar, Ronaldo. Getting one of his his goals, sort of flat track bully type goals, and it being enough in a in a narrow win. But I I, I can't see a scenario as as poor as Norwich are. I think Man United fans will just sort of walk away from this game thinking, oh, really? I mean, we may have just about won, but this isn't helping, is it? So until you know, until something changes there, and it's not changing anytime soon, is it for Man United until the end of the season? I think games like this are just going to be 
they've got to endure them really. The double chance for Norwich uh, to get a point or something is 3.4. I mean, is it possible? They have won at at Old Trafford in recent seasons, but uh, usually they go there and get beat. Um, 11 for Norwich. I mean, we're we're painting a picture of of Manchester United in this kind of dour, dire crisis, which which has just continued. It's almost like it was a roller coaster and they enjoyed that under Solskjaer, even though sometimes it was dreadful. Sometimes they get absolutely hammered by t- by teams around them. Sometimes they pick off these big wins, and it was it was yeah, we're into something. This is this is football. This is what it, this is what it should feel like. Now this is really dull, John. It's just you can imagine it's just a dr- as Dave suggests, it's just a drudge to go to the game. They they basically don't operate in the manner of the top professional super clubs, and that's what's fundamentally dragging them back down every time. So they've got some good players. They can you know they've got so much money. They've got so much financial clout they can run these sort of franchise organizations although you know drag money into the club so that bit they've got sorted the sporting leadership recruitment is wrong um you know the the, the eye to detail that the other big clubs that liverpool have got that manchester city have got not really including chelsea because chelsea are just a better version of man united i think or have been or who knows what's happening with chelsea now so that's why whenever you whenever they look like they're getting somewhere, they don't get somewhere because it's just not as as professionally run with that, you know, the marginal gains, the attention to detail of the other top clubs. Um, and so can they beat Norwich? Yeah, of course they can. Should they beat Norwich? Yeah, of course they can. Are they ever going to be a threat until they sort out those details? So Eric Ten Hag comes in. You can see why he's so reluctant to, you know, you know, why he, he was demanding new things, you know, demanding that the club was basically sorted out. Um, so the, the obvious thing would be obviously for the Glazers to go but if failing that at least a proper sporting organisation that isn't based around the manager because obviously the manager can lose five games in a row and everyone wants him sacked and so it can't all be based around the, the person of, of the manager so that's that's the problem with Manchester United I think it's fairly obvious to identify and, it, and it's harder to solve while the owners are in place um, all of which says 3.4 dual chance Norwich yeah, why not? We've we've all grown up in a way uh, throughout Manchester United becoming this uh, this money making monolith from through the Premier League, but um, uh, and we await the announcement of the stock exchange that Eric Ten Hag is is their new head coach. But um, did you see that this week that if if you'd bought a share or shares in Manchester United when the Glazers took over that we've, we've bought a thousand dollars worth of them, you'd be eight dollars worse off per share. Yeah, but in, in that time, but they and, do pay dividends, don't they? So they do pay. Dividends. Yeah, no matter what's happening on the pitch, they 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 take money out of the club at all. At, you know, at fairly frequent intervals. And maybe that is the story of it all, along with a lot of other things as well. Um, so that's uh, Manchester United maybe scraping a win against Norwich, but actually want to watch him play as well in the clubhouse uh, because you never know with Norwich. You kind of know, but you never quite know. Uh, okay, the uh, the third of the three games at three o'clock on Saturday is Arsenal versus Southampton. It's at Southampton at home in this one. Um, and looking at the form going in, well, Dave Tindall, Southampton, they were conceding a goal every ten minutes against Chelsea on on par with the way they've they've conceded nine in previous games. If you, that were strange statements to make in previews, but yes, um, they've lost their last three at home. You were talking in earlier about um, Brentford being free and able to play football. Southampton, the other side of that coin, is just like they're on the beach. 
yeah, it's the classic trope, isn't it, for a team like Southampton? I'm all about that. <clears throat> safe, safe in the table, surely, and they're on the beach because they know that. Um, but they are they are quite unique, aren't they? In 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 terms of they can absolutely take a pasting like no other team of that level uh, can. I mean, what? How? Why do they? <laughs> why do they do this? Something must. Are they so? Relying on if, if the pressing game doesn't work, as soon as the signs it doesn't work, the whole thing collapses. I, d- I did have a quick look actually how they responded to those to those uh, nine nil mullerings in previous years. They did actually lose the next game. So when they got beaten nine nil by Leicester, they lost three two at Newcastle. That wasn't a disaster, but they still lost. And when they lost nine nil against Man United, again, it's not particularly useful that then they lost 3-1 at Manchester City which you could almost say was a was a decent performance in some ways um, but the fact is there hasn't been some miracle bounce back factor uh, by Southampton after these big defeats so that kind of makes them vulnerable again here might just take a, a game or two to, to get out of the system they can't just turn it around in the flick of a switch um, but Arsenal have have now gone a bit strange, haven't they? Losing games, losing at home to Brighton. Um, so a few weeks ago, you would have said Arsenal are the perfect team to go here and take advantage of Southampton's woes. Now Arsenal look all a bit nervy and wobbly, and and Arteta's having problems again. And um, I don't know. Will less. It's almost like their their form is now like a bell curve, isn't it? Terrible at the start, a good nice bit in the middle, and now they're losing again at the bottom. So, oh, can both teams lose a game? Is that if that was if I could philosophically argue that the case for that, I'd, I'd go with that. But they can't. I, I oh, suggest that Southampton are three point eight. Yeah. Southampton are too too big at three point eight. Considering I know the end of the last streak like this, they did lose three 0 at at Arsenal, and that, and that ended their streak. But they are such a streaky team, aren't they, John? They they were on a really good run until they they got to their thirty five points. And you look at them; they've only got thirty six points, and and they've clearly just considered themselves safe there, and and that's how it is. But Arsenal's issue maybe at the moment is that their squad is absolutely threadbare. They've got they've got a decent first eleven, but none of them are out there at the moment. Uh yeah, and Saka's looking a bit tired, isn't he? Um Lacazette not looking like a scoring goals. It's all gone a little bit ragged. Uh doesn't seem to be interested in playing Pepe, does he? So um they've spent a lot of money, Arsenal, in, in recent years to end up with a squad that's threadbare and reliant on on kids to because they are still kids, aren't they? Saka and Smith Rowe and Martinelli and you know these 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 guys. Um, it, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one to call, is it? I I looked up as well to see if Saints had bounced back after those nine nils. They hadn't. They were just part of a bad run, and they carried on a bad run, didn't they? In 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 both of those cases, because they're that's what that's what they're like. So something's got to change. I'm sort of inclined to say Arsenal, but then you know a couple of weeks ago I'd have said to you Arsenal were really good against poor teams. Um, but then they lost to Palace heavily and and lost to Brighton. So I can't even say that at the moment. They, they've they've messed it up. They were in a perfect position to qualify uh, for the Champions League. Um, now I don't think they will. Yeah, 
<laughs> I don't know is, is the answer to this one. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of inclined to say Arsenal, but I don't say it with any, with any strength of uh, conviction. Southampton tend to run in blocks of five. If you take it from, uh, from October, okay, one defeat in five, that was at Chelsea from the 2nd of October. Then they, uh, they didn't win any of the next five, uh, only picking up two draws. Uh, then they only lost one in five away at Wolves. And then they won the next five, and now they've got one point out of the last five. So if, they, if they're going in fives, Southampton are going to win this because that's how it, how it seems to work. They just take, you know, take three weeks off, lads. Just you know, do what you like. At the end of it, get beat 6-0 and, and then have another block of five. And, and what have they got to the rest, for the rest of the season? They've got seven games left. They only need to pick up they only need two wins, really, don't they? So it, it's, it's, it's where you think they are, where they want to be. As, as a club as well, we've been talking about Manchester United, what does Southampton want to be? Is it just in the Premier League? Um, and they're just about doing that right now. And Arsenal want to be further and higher up, and they will know what Tottenham have done at 12.30. And the big turnaround last week, they saw Tottenham kind of you know, get further away from them. It, it could be all the way from Arsenal by the time they do meet Spurs in that North London derby, Dave. Yeah, possibly. Um, and yeah, it's interesting the dynamic there with Spurs playing earlier. If Spurs do get held to a draw, draw by Brighton, will Arsenal be going, yes, this is our chance? Um, I suppose Southampton, if you look at their number of home defeats, it's only four, which is the same as Spurs, Arsenal, West Ham and Man United. So they're not an easy pushover at home. Uh, they, they draw a lot of games actually at home. They've drawn seven at home, which... Uh, uh, is the joint highest in the in the league with Crystal Palace actually Brighton one one worse than that? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm probably about the same as John. I kind of I'm kind of making noises like, but just about going with Arsenal and maybe for a score and maybe Smith Rowe. Maybe he's got a bit more in his legs because he's had quite a, a bit of time off this season, hasn't he? Uh, so maybe Smith Rowe could be. The fresher Arsenal attacker who might just nick a goal. Southampton against Arsenal then is the... You can tell we weren't excited by these three o'clocks. <laughs> much more just going, well, yeah, it could happen and this could happen. Well, that's football, isn't it? And that's how it works. And Arsenal will know more about what they have to do after Tottenham face Brighton at 12.30. But that's Southampton against Arsenal. Uh, the final game that we're going to talk about on the Saturday because there are no evening kickoffs in the Premier League on Saturday. Uh, so we'll move to the Sunday and some interesting rethinking of what might happen, uh, particularly in that claret and blue derby at West Ham. This is the sportsbet.io Premier League preview podcast. Uh, we're looking at the Sunday games now. I'm David Easton. We've got uh, Dave Tyndall and John Driscoll with us. Uh, and we're going to go through the, the two games on Sunday. And we'll have to start uh, with uh, the home of the talking points uh, this this weekend and just talk about them. Uh, there, are new, there are two games, Newcastle against Leicester and West Ham against Burnley, both at 215 but we've got to start with West Ham against Burnley. West Ham 1.75, Europa League semi-finalists, crest of a wave, all that. Knees up, me old China, we're all off to Eintracht Frankfurt. 4.75 for now, at the time of recording, managerless Burnley. In a, if between now and when you hear this, uh, Sam Allardyce has been appointed. That might change what we're thinking about here. Uh, 3.8 for the draw. Over 2.5 goals, 1.94. Under 2.5 is 1.87. Um, 
First up, John Driscoll, initial reactions, because this is quite close to the time of recording that we've heard the news. Sean Dyche signed a new deal in September. Uh, four years, 10 years of service, and it's all finished. Can you imagine Burnley without Sean Dyche? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a massive uh, gamble, isn't it? It, it's, it throws that club and all its stability um, it, uh, out of the window, really. Um, they, He has... Probably been as valuable to that club as any other manager I can think around at the moment. You cast your net wider, Simeone and Atletico, where a man has transformed a club in the way that Sean Dyche. Now, he hasn't necessarily transformed them into... I don't know what you can do with Burnley. I think Burnley's limit is probably surviving in the Premier League in, in this day and age. It's not a big place, Burnley. Um, historically... They're not a bigger club than teams. You look in League One. There are you know, Sunderland, Ipswich, Burnley's level. Uh, if you know, but Sunderland's a bigger club than Burnley. So he's done a remarkable job. Um, I think it's a shame. I, 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 and the 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 new owners, new way of financing the club. You know, they bought a debt free club, and the the idea was that they were finally going to start bringing some bigger name players in. It wasn't just going to be a question of survival. All of that. It doesn't look like they'll survive now. Um, and then, so obviously the parachute payments skew the whole championship. So they've got a very good chance of coming back up because they'll have a, a much bigger budget than the clubs who haven't been in the Premier League in recent times. However, uh, I think it's a massive gamble. Uh, I think it's a shame. I don't. I think he'll be all right in the long run. Every time a, a you know mod, an Everton level job comes up, I always think, why don't they go and get Sean Dyche? I know it's not exactly glittering football, but yeah, he's a good manager and he's done a good job at the club. Uh, I believe my sources, uh, in other words, I just looked it up on the internet. Mike Jackson, the academy director, is going to be in charge for for, for this weekend's game. Might be it might be different. It, there's no point. There's no sort of Allardyce figure to come in. Is there? I think when you've had Sean Dyche in charge, I think they're doing all of the things that a solid, reliable, experienced manager uh, would would bring into the club anyway. Just full of players who aren't that good, um, and it's all a bit dull. Um, could they catch West Ham? Napping after a brilliant Champions League game, yeah, easily. That's that's their hope, isn't it? That's 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 what they might be able to achieve. So that four point seven five. I mean, West Ham are a better team. Um, West Ham still have plenty to play for, don't they? Because that you know, I, I don't think they'll make the Champions League, but it's not it's not done. So yeah, you know, I, I'm not a fan. You know, I don't think there's a, a real phenomena of a of a new manager bounce. Actually, you know, I don't think. If there's an obvious problem, sometimes you get an, ob- an upturn. I don't think there is with Burnley, so it doesn't it doesn't. I'm not suddenly excited for Burnley because they've sat Sean Dyche. But it, but without suggesting that all of that, I'm going to just in my shock jock <laughs> format here. Um, D- Dave Tindall, one one point about Burnley, and and yes, there's parachute payments when you go down to the Championship, but but their buyout. Uh, by the new owners earlier in the season has some severely leveraged debt on the on the club and that the parachute payments might be a drop in the ocean compared to what they will need when they go down. Uh, so this is desperation time for Burnley to stay in the, the Premier League. But it might well be that desperation time was about three months ago and they should have seen this coming. Instead, in September, they gave him a new deal for four years and, and thought, well, that's going to do it. And it hasn't. Uh, and they're, they're facing a West Ham side, I, I, I agree, John, the West Ham side that are going to keep playing because they know they need Euro- European football next season, whatever happens in the Europa League. Um, if they can get another Europa League place this season, that would be fantastic for West Ham. And what an atmosphere it will be at the London Stadium for the returning heroes from Europe. 
Yeah, to just to sort of <clears throat> pick up on on Burnley first, have they had a look at what's happened at Leeds? Would Jesse Marsh suddenly turning stuff around late late on in the day? Have they got someone lined up that they think can do the same? The only problem with that is, I mean, Bielsa's results were clearly terrible near the end, as as a god as he was to people in Leeds. Um, whereas Burnley did win their last home game coming from behind. And it, I don't know, Sean Dyche always seemed to have this air about him that he wasn't panicking and he, he kind of knew that he'd get out of trouble. Burnley's last four home games, they've got Southampton, Wolves, Villa and Newcastle. They, you know, they could take 10 points from those if everything went absolutely great for them. So it's a surprise to me that they've got they've got rid of him. Just just his quotes when he when he said, you know, I don't think Everton sort of can win. He kind of seemed to be the manager who had that extra layer of confidence from all the past that he's achieved, making them stay up. It seemed like at the end of the day, lads, I'll get you out of this. Don't you worry. And it and that win against Everton seemed to be just playing out. I know that. The, then the defeat at Norris looks pretty horrible. But I think if Burnley were going to stay up, it's probably going to be uh, the home games that would have done it. I mean, they've, they've also got to go away to, to Watford as well. <laughs> they've got plenty of points to, that they can win. So, yeah, but because he's gone, I will react to that, because he's gone, um, I think that this makes it quite easier for West Ham. Maybe there's a theory that West Ham can take their eye off the ball in games like this. But if it, the, the stats absolutely suggest otherwise that the, the last nine home games against teams in the relegation zone, West Ham have won eight and drawn one. So they, they are particularly good against this sort of opposition. Coming off that that uh, European win in midweek, I think West Ham are flying. I think Burnley will be all over the place with, with Dyche gone. Their kind of mother figure has gone, has left the nest. So West Ham, they've got Jared Bowen. Since he's come back, he scored three and four. Uh, West Ham all day for me now, definitely. Yeah, it would seem to be the case. They've got Southampton on, on thing on Thursday this week, uh, and they might be looking at that game. Uh, obviously, they want to pick up points here, but they have opportunities. Um, it's going to be a strange play. Turf Moor is going to be strange on Thursday night uh, facing Southampton without Sean Dyche. Um, uh, <laughs> their, their mother figure, Burnley have lost their Yoko or uh, John Leno. <laughs> we'll see how this uh, how this pla- pans out. But you're right with the fixtures that they've got. They it was always looking at Everton's fixture list and going, oh, they've got a terrible fixture list. Look at Burnley's and then Everton beat Manchester United. But um, you still have to look at Everton's fixture list again. Still, it wasn't just the Manchester United at home that was an issue for them. Um, so we wait and see who comes in. If it looks like is it Mike? Is that Mike Jackson? The who was at Tranmere for a few games? Uh, it was the academy. I don't know. It's a good question. It was the academy director. I believe. Well, um, yes, he is. Who former manager yeah. of Shrewsbury? Um, oh, under twenty three yeah. coach. Yeah, under twenty three coach. Tranmere. Yeah. So yeah, um, didn't work well at yeah. Tranmere at all. Uh, I think it's a very different style of play than Burnley. That, that's a, but then my, maybe that's what they yeah. want. It's obviously not the plan. It's not. It's, I guess it's not the long term plan. As I don't know. It's. It seems an odd. You know, when you said. I've got some breaking news. It, it wasn't on my, didn't drop into my head that Sean Dice would have been sacked. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that they've done it. 
um, does seem late in the day to, to try and get that bounce. But as you know, the fixtures, yeah, yeah that's that's obviously the rationale, isn't it? But it doesn't, yeah, like I said, it doesn't inspire me. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say West Ham for this. Well, we'll see again. Things may change by by Sunday. It is it is Easter. It might have been sensationally reappointed by by Easter Sunday. Um, we'll see if if they if they're religiously inclined in any way up at Burnley. Um, whether there is some kind of comeback for Sean Dyche. Well, where it, I'd like to see him in the studio. This at some point he'll he'll end up in in the Sky Sports studio uh, watching on. Uh, pontificating roughly yes gruffly telling us about the game um, yeah yes. he was the man in the eye of the storm always interesting to interview um a couple of times i interviewed him he's always very very nice uh in a stern way and frightening way but very nice uh that's uh sean dyche who's left burnley and we think west ham uh, are very much the favorites now to beat them at the london stadium second game on sunday is scrolls back it's Leicester City, isn't it? Uh, Leicester facing the trip to Newcastle. Um, now, Newcastle 2.25, Leicester 3.33. The draw is 3.4. Leicester have got them... They've, they've just continued their season, haven't they, uh, John? They've, they've, they've extended their European adventures in what is now a desperately exciting Europa Conference League um, with some big teams in there. Could be a nice way to, to finish the season with another trophy. And... Uh, Europe's gone for them in the league. Or has it? Or has it? Oh, yeah. There's a big chasm, isn't there, between... The best um, of the best of the after rest. Wolves. Yeah. Uh, we, we could end up... It could be, could be the, the, the glorious treble of uh, English football this year, couldn't it? With the uh, Champions League, West Ham winning the Europa League and Leicester winning the uh, Conference League, which I'm, I'm confident... Uh, never, actually, we used to have three European Cups, didn't we? When we had the Cup Winners' Cup and they've sort of in a tortured way, brought us back to having three cups again. And the Europa League is looking good. If they Again, I think Leicester should, that's where they should be throwing all of their, their, their eggs at the moment at that conference league. He seems to be chopping and changing. It makes it hard in terms of picking goal scorers, doesn't it? Because they don't have an outstanding scorer. Madison, you know, chips in with goals, doesn't they? We saw uh, Dewsbury Hall score last week. They've got Dakar, they've got Inacho. It's not obvious who the, the the sort of the leading characters at Leicester are. Um, I think we're probably moving into a phase of readjusting the post Vardy uh, era. Is, is probably on us now, isn't it? I think um, a player of his explosive pace, with a number of injuries, probably won't be back and banging the goals on a regular basis in the future. Is my guess. Uh, Newcastle still have a bit of work to do. There's still the whole new project. Um, I'm inclined to say Newcastle with their eye on the game. Leicester got this incredible fixture list now coming up uh, as they as they carry on in Europe and with these your backlog of Premier League fixtures. Um, I'm inclined to say Newcastle, but they're not exactly exciting at the moment. Newcastle, so narrow Newcastle win is, is where I'm heading. I think uh, Newcastle to win at home, Dave. I'm I'm just looking up to see who who won the European Cup Winners' Cup for England. Uh, but I, I'm scrolling back. Um, <laughs> but it was only Everton that I remember. In eighty in eighty five, wasn't it? They won the league. They the Chelsea league won it, didn't they? Um, I think we earned, and we won it early in the in the seventies. I'm gonna I'm gonna let's look be, up yes, see if we I've did got, a treble. Beat Real Madrid in nineteen seventy one. Did Everton beat Rapid Vienna? Is that Rapid right? Rapid Wien, yes, that's right. Yeah, Rapid Wien. Just before the, the band, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, um, United won it in ninety one with that fantastic Mark Hughes again at Decay. Yeah, Mark Hughes yes. goal against Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I remember thinking that's a good goal. Uh, it's a good kit they had. 
Na- like, naive days know, where we yeah, supported like, other oh, teams in Europe. Europe yeah. And then it was after that, oh, <laughs> oh Steve, uh, Steve Bruce has missed a penalty in Tbilisi or wherever that was. That was a good uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, European I, game. I, I did not cheer. <laughs> um, Tbilisi, I remember Liverpool losing 3-0 away to Dynamo Tbilisi one, once in the early 80s. Um what are we talking about? Newcastle, Leicester. That's right. Sorry, yes. We're, we're yeah. on the beach here. Sorry, yes. Go on. Mm-hmm. Like Southampton. Yeah, obviously Leicester to get through with late goals against PSV. That's on a bit of a high. After that, I was looking at their results after European games are a bit mixed. There's no great pattern to to unravel really. They, they've done okay. They beat Burnley. I think the last away game in Europe. Um, was a way to um, Randers, I think, and they won. They beat Burnley on the back of that. Um, but then they... They've been heavily uh, rotating in the competition, haven't they? Yeah, the, when they played against Ron at home, then they lost to Arsenal and were a bit limp. So they're a bit tricky, yeah, but they are. I mean, unlike other seasons where Leicester have had the full focus on the, on the Premier League and, and actually made a mess of it uh, down the stretch. They are in this weird no-man's land where they're ninth and yet eighth is nine points ahead of them. So they are completely safe, but they are... um, What can can they do from there? Their main focus has to be Europe. And Newcastle, fairly tough nut to crack at home. They've only lost four times at home this season, you know, and that's even when everyone thought they were dreadful. Um, again, I think I pointed out that same stat. Newcastle have lost at home as many times as Chelsea or, um, sorry, so it's Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham, Man United. So they're in, in that kind of bracket that they're fairly tough to, uh, to to break down at home. Yeah, I can see Leicester just maybe playing brightly for 20 minutes and then maybe they'll just... The exertions of Europe will get some Newcastle. Newcastle have become quite good at grinding out home wins of late, which is not a sentence I thought I'd say. Um, but they, they've beaten Brighton 2-1, Villa 1-0. They beat, uh, they beat Everton as well. So they, they've done pretty well. They beat Wolves last time 1-0. Another 1-0 to Newcastle, maybe. It's been, um, I mean, they have tightened up the defence, you have to say, at home mm-hmm. only conceding three goals in the last five at home. Uh, and Leicester are still leaking goals. Uh, it's been a problem for them all season. Um, they, do, they do score away from home as well, though, Leicester. So, uh, and this is quite, it's one of the, the, the goaliest fixtures. Again, another new verb for you there. Uh, now, whatever. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of goals in, in, in this game. If you look in, uh, in recent seasons, um, certainly at, at Newcastle. And Leicester have won their last two at Newcastle by two goals to one, a 3-0 win. Um, in fact, they they haven't lost at Newcastle for a very long time. Um, and in all the games, the last game they played was a 4-0 victory for Leicester in December. Newcastle won 4-2 at Leicester uh, in May. Uh, so it does tend to bring in goals, this game. In fact, it's been over two and a half, if not over three and a half for the last five fixtures. So... We might just go with go with the goals. Leicester can see goals. Newcastle like to score them. Um, they've they've had over two and a half goals in their last five against Leicester. They won their last four, um, and Leicester have scored at least two in their last five against Newcastle. So, should we just go for goals? 
and and end of the weekend on a on a goal fest nil nil. It could be. I mean, Newcastle score quite a lot from set pieces. Leicester concede a lot at set pieces. You could maybe that's a route to a goal, isn't it? Maybe Chris Wood that's nutting true. one in. Um, that that could be part of it. Um, but maybe maybe they'll just play to tight. Chris Wood will nod in a, a free kick or a corner. Madison will curl one in from twenty five yards out. Then there'll be another couple, and it'll be two two. Maybe. There you go. The draw is 3.4. Leicester 2.2. Uh, sorry, Leicester 3.33. Newcastle 2.25. Uh, you can have uh, just the goals to go in. As I'm going to, it, it sounds like an absolute, you know, set piece Premier League game. Over two and a half goals is 1.93. Over three and a half goals is 3.25. John, is this a is this a goal fest? Is this a, just one of those nice Premier League games where no one cares about it at all because there's nothing really to play for at the moment, uh, but Newcastle just just edging it? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to accept the word fest uh, <laughs> in the, in the, in the, when we're looking at Newcastle-Leicester. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe have a look at the centre-backs. Cher scored, didn't they, recently? It was his first goal in ages. Dan Byrne, I think, maybe, has he scored yet for, for Newcastle? Maybe maybe that. Maybe if, if we're looking at set-pieces, it's not a bad shout that because Leicester, I think they've got better, but they were an absolute shambles, weren't they, from set-pieces for a good part of the season. Absolute mess. So maybe that is 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 the way to go. Sam Maximum seems to have lost his, um, a little bit of his verve, doesn't he? They've got a lot of work to do in Newcastle in the, in the summer. Uh, obviously, and they could do with getting on with it, couldn't they? Because the the UEFA, the new FFP replacement rules lock in a lot of advantages to teams who are in the Champions League. So when that comes in as an outsider, I think it's it's hard to to sort of punch your way through because of the limits on what you can spend now. So they could do with getting on with it, Newcastle. And will they start against Leicester? Yeah, yeah. Go on then. Two. 2-1, Newcastle, kind of, you know, that, that neck of the woods. Okay, Newcastle and over two and a half goals. We'll have a look at that. Share is 6.5. Uh, Dan Byrne was slightly longer, 14 anytime, 21 first goal. Uh, yeah, why not finish with uh, Newcastle and over two and a half goals at 3.4. And that brings to an end our preview of the Premier League games this weekend here on the Sportsbet.io Premier League preview podcast. Uh, my thanks to our guests Dave Tyndall and John Driscoll. Uh, we will be back with more Premier League action as it, it there's midweek stuff. We'll be back on Monday to talk more about Liverpool, Manchester United and other games in midweek. Uh, but for now, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please always gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for more information. The Sportsbet.io Premier League preview is a sports betting media production. I've been David Eason and we'll see you very, very soon. Have a good weekend. Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with sportsbet.io. Previewing every game of the English Premier League. Listen to Clubhouse Radio with sportsbet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played. Please gamble responsibly.